What's up, Dunwoody? Are you ready for part two of Adrian Duncan from the Dunwoody Homeowners Association? And she will talk about home-based businesses and much, much more. Here we go. What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. Well, let's talk about uh, home-based businesses. In my neighborhood, there's a guy that uh, sells guns. Really? Out yeah. Of your neighborhood? Yeah, I can't remember. You can if you look up guns on the Google Maps. I think his uh, shop. Uh, opens up and then you just realize, wait a minute, this is just a, I think he's right off Chateau or something. Yeah, yeah I think there's it's more Chateau. than one of those. Yeah, yeah, and actually, he probably has more rights to sell those than um, Nina across the street from me selling flowers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, home businesses uh, is a real hot button only because now we're going to go into strictly the Adrian opinion. This is not the opinion of the DHA or anybody else that I'm associated gotcha. with. So let's be real clear about this. Um. Home businesses are a scapegoat that if somebody wants to lodge a complaint, just say that they're commercial, commercial, commercial's bad, commercial's bad, and you'll get a mob mentality shouting them down saying that they're running over children in the streets and they're devaluing their homes and they're all these bad things. And I had a neighbor down the street from me who was the first to apply for a slup to uh, have violin lessons. And we're talking about one of the quietest people in the world. She's got one of the largest places on the block and plenty of room for parking. I mean, it's the ideal situation. And there was what I described as a hate mail email campaign against her. Yeah. By Dunwoody North. And that's not how you treat neighbors when you're building a community. Yeah, I've seen that a couple times with different people. I'm not okay with that. The chiropractor guy. Yeah. Uh, not a chiropractor, is a physical therapist. That's what it was, yeah. And I'm not okay with treating people like that at all. It's, yeah. it's, it's un- unacceptable. It's unnecessary. You're pitting people against each other when it, it's not required to build your community. And early on, I watched this and said, you know, what kind of a problem is there really with home businesses? So I did an open records request with Dunwoody. And I got a list of every licensed home business in Dunwoody. And I plotted them out on a map. And I was expecting just a handful here and a handful there. Since I started monitoring this, and this is just in 2014, I've documented almost 2,500 home businesses. Yeah, I saw that map. I was amazed there were so many I wasn't expecting that. And I'm like, okay, now I'm going to look at code enforcement because surely there has to be a pattern to complaints filed or code violations. And there weren't. I did an open records request on all residential code complaints and I cross-referenced it with the points on the map. Mm-hmm. And there have been five, and this is just, again, from 2014 till now, five valid violations, code violations. Somebody's being a nuisance, usually noise. When I say usually, I mean three of five are based <laughs> on noise. Yeah. And they get resolved. Either the business closes, the business owner gets in line, somebody moves away, and it's over. So why are we prohibiting... Oh, and on top of this, if you go to Nextdoor, if you go to the AHA Connection, if you go to your community groups, people will openly advertise that they are seeing customers come and pick something up, come drop something off. I mean, there is, at one time, there were a dozen of these on my street, including me. So why does 
code and why do our city council members demonize home business owners who want to see customers when it's already going on? It is licensed home businesses represent 20 to 25% of all business licenses in Dunwoody and those are the ones that are licensed. Eventually I did some research on LLCs and um, other licensed corporations and there's just as many unlicensed groups as there are licensed. So we're talking about a phenomenon that is part and parcel of the fabric of Dunwoody. And yet, if somebody files for a slup for permission, official permission, they get treated like the scum of the earth. We can't ask for permission. That's right. (laughs) Yes, because the people who do the most to demonize home businesses are also customers. So that raises a question, what are you really trying to accomplish? by prohibiting these businesses. And we're talking everything from freelancers, uh, you know, office people, to what's been loosely defined as medical people. That's another story that I can get into if you want. To, you got one of those in the neighborhood too. Yeah, people selling flowers to global corporations. I've worked for some of these people. I mean, I've been, they've been uh, my clients. There's somebody who designs comfortable women's shoes, which is, you know, out of his house. It's huge. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Her house. Yes. Her house. Um, some of the vendors at the farmer's market are home-based and see customers. There were some home businesses because their licenses were in question or are they allowed to do this? They couldn't get a license. They couldn't be at the farmer's market. Some of them are. Uh, Regina's um, Home Jam is home-based. Before Regina's, there's a company called Emily G's Jam of Love. That's also Matt, home-based. That's, that's, that's Matt Meyer's ex-wife, yeah. Emily. Oh, yeah. really? Yeah. yeah. And uh, that business was sold to another home business owner, and it's still operated as a home business. So we're talking about something that is not only not a nuisance, it is not causing a dearth of code enforcement complaints. And we're talking about not just... Uh, th- there aren't complaints filed. There's only been five that have been confirmed. There's maybe a dozen that have been filed at all. And I think Emily's actually caused one of them. I think she did some sort of like big jam sale on her street or something like that. What happened was she was hosting a garage sale. Right, yeah. And she, through a legal means, she had transferred her company product to herself and she sold it at the garage sale. And there was this yelling and we're here and fighting and this is bad and she has to be shut down and that's bad for the community. There was no traffic on the street in for the garage sale. And Lynn Deutsch was one of the customers. Really? (laughs) <laughs> so how how do we explain this how can we be opposed to somebody selling jam out of their garage for one day right yeah it's crazy and it is and so um you know are we deny by demonizing and criticizing home business owners if they have customers or uh stuff that they're selling or whatever are we really uh demeaning a major part of Dunwoody's identity because this is how people pay their bills. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys work exclusively out of your house. That's right. I mean, yeah. And we have. And if I need to talk to somebody in private, you know, I said this at a DHA meeting with our previous code enforcement, uh, code development guy. I said, I'll give you an example. Nancy Jester and I have been friends for years. Uh, I'm her constituent, so I want to talk to her once in a while. And I have worked for her as a uh as a contractor when she had her uh, campaign up for county commission. And she has advised me on government contracting. So she's my friend. She is my 
uh, commissioner. She has been my customer and she has been my advisors. Now you're driving down the street and Nancy's car is in my driveway. Why is she there? Because of all those things. Well, which one? <laughs> yeah. Right. See, yeah. one of them is a code violation or three of them are code violations and one is not. No, two are code violations and two are not. So why is she there? Okay. All right. If, if you're assuming what somebody's talking about in their house, you know, you, the only way stuff. you're going yeah. stuff there, the only way you're going to enforce that would constitute stalking. And I'm going to have a problem with that. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, you, you, you can get sued for that. So, I mean, we've got a valuable part of our identity as a city. You've got entrepreneurs. You've got people who, uh, during the worst economic times, will build their own business and make their own way and pay their mortgages and keep the city growing. And no, there aren't. Now, what's really interesting, I noticed in the past year or two, there has been a spurt in false alarm complaints. A year ago, year and a half ago now, when city council wanted to tighten those restrictions, the time you could be there and uh, other restrictions, there was a spike in the number of complaints and code enforcement against alleged home-based businesses. Coincidence? I don't think it is. But the majority of the complaints were against people not engaged in business. That's a false alarm complaint. And you know where the majority of those complaints were? Dunwoody North. Really? Yes. <laughs> I saw John's always in the middle of it. I mean, I, I feel bad for him. I, there's The whole neighborhood looks at him. And like that, there was that one across from Chestnut that was a uh, medical... Right. And that's... Uh, this is a... Now, that one technically is not a home business. A home business, by definition, is where the homeowner uses their home for their residents first and foremost, and business is secondary. Okay, so that one was bought by a facility. Right, and... this is a home that has been converted <laughs> to a fully commercial use. So technically gotcha. it's not a home business. The only thing they have in common is that they're in a residential neighborhood. Okay. And that home, just like the Center for Discovery home, have no complaints filed. Not just confirmed. I never see anybody there. Not filed. So they're clearly not causing a problem. Yeah. Because people will dime each other out if the grass gets too high in the city. Okay, rightfully so. Snakes, rats, yeah. <laughs> Thank you, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> so if these aren't, if there's, if somebody is following some sort of routine that prevents problems in the neighborhood, why are they banned? Okay. And the only difference between Walden, the uh, eating disorders home, and the physical therapist was the depth of their pockets, in my humble opinion, of course. Yeah. So the guy with the shallow pockets gets attacked and humiliated in city council. And the people with deep pockets get accepted with open arms. That People should think that's a problem. Yeah. Was that all you wanted to hear? Yeah. yeah no, I, I don't know anything about it. That's why. No, it's, it's, and also what happened last year was that the number of licensed businesses, home businesses dropped, but the number of businesses total stayed constant, which means that the city is losing money from licensing because people don't want to get licensed. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah, why do it? Right. You're just going to expose yourself to, to possibly a problem. Yeah. I mean, the real nuisance are the people who are complaining about you running over non-existent children in the street. That's the real nuisance in my book. On the, and in addition, when uh, a home business evolves to the point where it needs a brick and mortar location, two out of three times they leave Dunwoody. So 
you're not getting the licensing money, you're not getting the tax revenue, and Dunwoody home businesses do not stay in Dunwoody when they evolve. So there's a lot of money getting left on the table at a time when the city says we may not have enough money for the infrastructure that we want to build. Hmm. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and again, you're turning neighbors against each other when it's just not necessary. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the neighborhood groups are a mess when stuff like that happens. Yeah. And I, I fall back on that word a lot. Unnecessary. Yeah, everybody's very, very upset. Yeah. Now, and one more time, that is my personal opinion. That is not necessarily the view of the DHA, which does have quite a few home business owners as members. Yeah. <laughs> and DHA probably hears a lot about it. too. Not I mean, a lot. No, it no? does not come up uh, very often at all. These, these conversations do not come up often at all because people really? are more about going about their business buying, selling, trading, working, whatever, it only becomes a problem when someone files for a permit to get permission. Hmm. So it's better to apologize and ask permission. <laughs> it's better to not have a problem at all than ask permission. Uh, that doesn't mean that there's never problems. I mean, it's like I said, there were five where there was noise involved. What were the other mm -hmm. two? Uh, one, one was, uh, the other one was, I think it was commercial vehicles parked nearby. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. But five out of 2,500 past and present. Wow. So there, statistically, you can't even find a, a pattern in, you know, you, you have to just extrapolate from these tiny little numbers that, yeah. okay, noise is the issue. So, uh, so it, I guess if noise isn't an issue, you don't have a problem then. So, th I mean, that, that's a real easy thing, but the city council isn't going to change that. So I advise those thousands of people to do as you will, be good neighbors, be keep quiet. Keep your mouth shut, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, keep your mouth shut, except on next door on the AHA Connection, where you can find home business owners, you know, celebrated. Yeah. And uh, decide who you want to vote for next year. Yeah. Uh, how do you feel about recreational vehicles? How do or I feel about them? Big RVs. What's the, what's the DHA's, uh, where do they stand on stuff like that? Uh, DHA stands on stuff like that when something's brought to our attention. I don't remember a recreational vehicle issue being brought in front of us. Um, is it clean? Do you, uh, did you uh, clean the porta potty? <laughs> you know, it's not mine, but Chris Oliver got a notice that said he couldn't have his in his driveway. And I think he said it was pretty tucked back, too. But yeah. I guess somebody saw it off Shambly Dunwoody. And, you don't have HOA in your neighborhood, do you? Uh, we, we have... I guess we have maybe five different little HOAs, but they don't. I'm not really positive. So we've they, got nothing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing can be done in our neighborhood, right? Uh, as far as I know. Yeah. But uh, again, some people get very just like with the signage. Some people are very intense about signage. Some people are very intense about what they can see from their backyard. And I grew up in a very close-in suburb, much like this. My father's from Brooklyn, so people were literally on top of each other. We just accept that you're going to see other people's stuff once in a while. Yeah. It's part of living in a city. Yeah. And especially, and I think that's part of where the objection to higher density comes from. People talk about traffic. Uh, I don't think a neighborhood like Briars North adds to traffic on Tilly Mill. Probably not as a much, lot. Yeah, as, <laughs> as much as uh, people think, but it's... Some people get very intense if they see something that they personally don't like. And a lot of people don't want to understand that, you know, you're not designing your own living room here. There has to be a peaceful coexistence. A lot of, I, I hear a lot about from our either elected officials or city staff about quality of life. 
that that doesn't mean a lot to me because you ask a hundred people what quality of life is, you're going to get a hundred and fifty different answers. Right. I'm more uh, about the idea of peaceful coexistence because that implies there's at least a mutual understanding between two parties that they can get along with whatever their lives are doing without interfering with each other. Mm-hmm. So again, you're back down to the Venn diagram. Not everybody's going to get 100%. There's a little overlap in there with what you can live with without unduly imposing on somebody else. Now, how do I personally feel about recreational vehicles? If it's not in my yard, I don't care. Yeah. If you're having a party, invite me over. You know, it's... <laughs> I need to take your phone number. <laughs> yeah, I'll, my husband will give it to you, no problem. <laughs> but, I'll put you both on. <laughs> but, I mean, I, and again, uh, I grew up in an area which is much more dense. My, you know, part of my family comes from an area that's much more dense, so I'm a little more tolerant of somebody mowing their yard or kids playing or, you know, somebody uh, getting FedEx deliveries in the street. Uh, somebody who doesn't understand that, I'm trying to... Well, I think Amazon must be the dearth of their existence because yeah. somebody's getting deliveries all the time. That's just the all way the it is time. now. Yeah, we get them every day. And, you know, it's like if you have school nearby, you're going to have kids playing, yelling, running around, and that's because they're kids, and that's because, you know, that's part of what a community is. Mm-hmm. So I, it, it, it has to be pretty egregious before I get upset about it and I have to come and, you know, have an uncomfortable talk. Yeah. It's cool. Like with the DHA, you do have different views, you know, you've got however many people with, how many people are on the board? Like 10-ish? Uh, no, on the board, as of right now, we have 14. 14, okay. That's the regular board, not the executive one? The executive board is two, three, four, five. Five, yeah. <laughs> not number, you can't have you well, it happens sometimes. Let's say, wait a minute, hold it. It says president, vice president, secretary. We're here. No, there's six. I'm sorry. I've got two at large oh, What happens in a tie? <laughs> well, uh, in a tie, a, according to Robert's rules of order, if there's a tie in a vote, then the motion's defeated. Oh, oh, yikes. Yeah, but I've, we've got, um, uh, is it 14? No, no, no. 14 is a quorum. We have 24 on the board right now. 14 is the quorum. And you have, which means that if we want to have a meeting and pass a vote on something, you have to have a minimum of 14 people there. And what's funny is the more I've researched, like researching you last night, I was trying to figure out what questions I'm supposed to ask. Um, was that you in the backyard? Yeah, <laughs> in, my, in my camper. Um, there was, it's all the same names. There's like your, your board is oh, the right. same as, you know, and I know the city council thing where you can't serve on both right. of them has become an issue, but. It seems there's the same names are all over the place. It's fine. Ken writes on everything. Yeah. Every, every board is a part of it. Yeah. I mean, it's, you know, Ken and people like me, we, you know, got to a point where we discovered that there was a way to be involved in something we cared about. And so you make the effort to be involved. And in any community, there's always a small number of people like that. Mm -hmm. And Dunwoody is not a big city. By any means. Okay, my uh, Sandy Springs is about the same size as the town I grew up in, East Brunswick, New Jersey, 150,000 people at the time. And Dunwoody at 50,000, nighttime population is teeny tiny. Nighttime population? population. Well, nighttime, seriously, because when daytime population is at least 150,000 with all the commuters, and then nighttime are people who put their head on a pillow at night, everybody else goes home to Cobb or Gwinnett or wherever. Yeah. That's funny. I thought you were going to say daytime was like down to 3,000 people. Like, is everyone <laughs> in the city working? No, no. <laughs> it's, a, it's yeah, I mean, the number of people District who are one. here. <laughs> right, right. So, um, yeah, you do see those. And I've spoken up because about home businesses because I thought that the way that people were treated 
by our city council and by members of the community was unfair and unjustified. And I've looked people in the face and said that. And, you know, I've, I'm sure there's people who hate my guts and, you know, that's life. May it be a long and healthy hate <laughs> if that's the way it's going to be. But I'm about people being treated fairly. If you're going to judge an application, uh, be it a permit or a slop or whatever, I want to see our residents judged on the merits of their application. And when I have somebody in front of me at the DHA, with whether it's a developer, whether it's a resident with an idea, I want to see the application, not who your friends are. I don't care who your friends are. I don't care, you know, I mean, a friend of mine was uh, commenting on my daughter being on her cheerleading squad as she's uh, asking for uh, a donation for one of the schools. And I'm like, I'm still only one vote. <laughs> <laughs> is, you know, what is, what is the application going to do? What do you have evidence of? That's what I want to see. Because yeah. everybody deserves to be treated fairly. We all have to live with each other at the end of the application process, at the end of the election cycle. We all have to look at each other in publics. Yeah. That can either be friendly or not. If we treat each other for other fair, then life would be a lot smoother. Yeah. Another yeah. election cycle coming up. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> yeah, if you, if you want to see your neighbors, go to Publix. Every time it's like, uh -huh. here we go. <laughs> Especially if you don't want to. I want one thing. I got to text 10 people. <laughs> Everybody needs milk and toilet paper, guys. You're all going to end up there. Yeah, yeah, so what's true. next for you? Are you going to move on to city council? Oh, God, no. No, <laughs> no, 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 That's, no. That actually pays a little bit of money. Little, little bit, bit. <laughs> little bit, not a ton. No, I mean, no. You're doing this for free right now. Look at all the time you guys spend. Is, uh... There's, you know, I, I joke around that this is all the politics that I can handle, and that is true to a degree. But in the private sector, you have fewer restrictions on the decisions that you can make and how you achieve those. Once you get into government, there are rules and regs on everything from having dinner to going to the bathroom, it seems. It's just everything is regulated. Uh, some of our city council members, past and present, have gotten in trouble over who they speak to and when they speak to them. And mm. is this meeting okay? And is that meeting okay? And this is right and this is wrong. And we're adults. We're educated people of the world. We can make good decisions on our own. Yeah. And I don't want to be restricted in that way. And the time commitment is much more than I can handle. My family needs me at home. My clients and my business need me. And I can be more effective in the community in a private sector situation than I can in elected government. Uh, well, what is the time commitment, you feel like, right now? You're, so you're president, right? right? And I mean, is it taking up 10% of your life? Is it taking up 2%? Uh, it will take up 10% of my life the last part of this year because okay. we have, uh, we're going to be holding a candidate forum in October. Yes, if my committee is listening to me, yes, that email's coming, I promise. <laughs> uh, we've got a couple of developers that we're talking with. Um, with Grub, we're negotiating an agreement for our endorsement versus some conditions on the property, which is another thing government can do. We have Light Up Dunwoody, and we have our membership campaign, which goes out at the end of October, not on Halloween, as Rob found out the hard way last year. He says, can you send this out the day before Halloween? No. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Do you know where I live? But yeah, that's there's a lot of work that comes in the second half of the year, or the, let's just say the last quarter of the year. And with the elections, they're going to be calming everybody down and bringing them all in. And... Uh, I don't know about calming everybody <clears throat> down. I mean, everybody's capable of being calm. I just want my meeting to get through without people saying things that they regret. Yeah. 
Justin, you'd enjoy these meetings. They're, they're better I than probably, the city council meetings. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, you can talk in them. Yeah. I mean, it's like we all and talk Hayward's to each other. And screaming from the back. So. Yeah, that's what, well, yeah, that's when my gavel goes down. And I actually said, hey, do you mind? Yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Give me a break here. I want to hear more developer names that sound like Roger Rabbit villains. I mean, Crim <laughs> and Grub. I mean, what, like, come on, how those about the people. Happy Development Company or something? Hey, like you are. Those are people's names. <laughs> I mean, they, the guy at the head of Crim is a guy named Stephen Crim. He's a real nice guy. And, you know, try to have a real nice conversation with him at his, at his, uh, open house that was at Marlowe's and it's like you know you realize the timing is going to make this really hard it doesn't mean it's not possible it's just you know horse first then the cart and when uh, the DHA uh, voted not to endorse their plan not because we didn't like the aesthetics but because we really are concerned about an identity of an area that has played a big part in the identity of Dunwoody mm. and just but like I also d- wasn't thought out I feel like it needs to be there needs to be certain steps yes and they and, just wanted to jump all of that and, and that was why when uh, Richard and Michael came to our meeting and said oh we're just going to eliminate all these codes I'm like and everybody was quiet <laughs> said. I it, it was a little shocking because as I said in my letters to the media Every other major zoning decision has an extensive public input process, but this one does not why? Didn't make sense. Let's just treat this the same way as every other zoning decision. No more, no less. Doesn't matter what the outcome is. I mean, if the, I mean, I think, no, I believe that an outcome will be successful, like I said, if you add to and expand on what's already there and not just completely eliminate it and start fresh. Uh, like my, you read my blog, you read the Oldsmobile post. Mm-hmm. You know, you start over from complete scratch, you're, you're not going to get the result that you want. Coca-Cola found that out. Oldsmobile found that out. May they rest in peace. Even the city of Dunwoody found that out early on when it did its branding initiative. They got this input from these really well thought out focus groups. We want modern. We want modern. Well, they got modern and everybody hated it. Yeah. But when you go back and look at those focus groups, a third of the people responded, said, we want some sort of heritage, some sort of traditional in there. And that minority report was overlooked. It was left out. Yeah. And now we have, all, all those logos were gone. I was working for the Chamber of Commerce at the time, and we got stuck with this. And I'm like, I'm supposed to create an attractive business website that is persuasive to both the business and the residential communities with red and gold. Shoot me. Yeah. So, yeah. You know what I'm talking about. Exactly. Red and gold is not easy to work with. Yeah. Tell me about it. <laughs> well, it didn't feel like Tom either. I it mean, didn't. It didn't. Yeah. It was it was the CVB and the chamber and the city government all got different color combinations and the chamber got stuck with red and gold. You know, red and gold is great for my daughter's school colors. Looks great on a team uniform. On that website, I'll tell you, it was I, I drank a lot while I was working <laughs> that thing. But I got it to work. I did get it to work. It was painful. And it worked for a good seven years until, you know, there was turnover and that was that. But uh, everybody's just started, you know, the CVB was first and then the chamber and everybody just abandoned that whole project and said, you know, we, this isn't going to work anymore. So the city is familiar with uh, branding missteps. Yeah. And I've just been trying to say, don't make the same mistake made before by bigger people than you. Yeah. Okay, you, you, it, won't, it won't go well. Stick with the color blue. <laughs> <laughs> going to go wrong there. 
Exactly. All right. Well, Adrian, we appreciate you coming by. This has been awesome. Oh, yeah. It is. I'm glad I did. Do you want to come on anytime you have something to talk about? Because we'll talk to you. Sure. (laughs) You live close by, so you can almost Yeah, that's true. Yeah, Yeah, we can do this out of my living room if you want. There you go. Is it a little bit less creepy than my basement? Well, uh, I have a crawl space. I don't have a basement, but I have a very nice living room. I'm not going to your crawl space. (laughs) (laughs) But I, well, it's nice and clean now since I got it fixed up. Ah. But uh, yeah, we have a dining room also known as the middle school study hall. Yeah. So yeah. We don't even have one of those. <laughs> Just a table. We'll come to you. We can. We, we definitely can do that. Yeah, do a remote location for my back deck. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where we. We've done many back decks. Yeah, so. that's where we talked to Ken Wright. So. But yeah, sure. It's um, you know, our next meeting is going to be the sixteenth. Normally, it's the first Sunday of the month. And we made it the 16th because we had Labor Day and Rosh Hashanah, and we wanted to work around those holidays. I don't believe in putting a uh, meeting on Rosh Hashanah any more than I do on Easter Sunday because that's just dumb. But it's going back to the first Sunday of the month starting in October, and then Light Up Dunwoody is the Sunday before Thanksgiving. And December we might have something. We might be taking a break or not. And then the annual meeting in January where I have to get up and talk. (laughs) Nice, nice. Yeah, but I mean, if you haven't been to one of these meetings, they they are really interesting, and I mean, you can just sit there and not say anything, or you can yeah, there's raise hell if you like. Way to listen. It's a way to l- engage with people that you may not know about or people you may not agree with, and my goal in all of these discussions is some kind of peaceful coexistence. I don't believe in tar and feathering. I don't believe in denying something before we hear them out. I've had numerous times media or other people have come to me and said, is the DHA going to oppose this? Well, I don't know. We haven't heard them yet. We're going to listen and we're going to talk and then we're going to take a vote. And if there's a deep split, I'm a big believer in the minority report because, you know, if you can't find a solution that benefits the city, if you don't take all those into account, if it's really lopsided, then it's pretty obvious that that's the decision that we're going to have to go with. But uh, this is how people who come from different walks of life engage each other. That was the thing that I didn't get at the beginning. And I'm really glad Bill didn't just tell me to buzz off and get that cup of coffee because that's where I started to see this. This is where, you know, people make mistakes and recover from them. This is where people have to argue and engage and then live with each other afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I think that makes it one of the more valuable forums in the community we we stream live on facebook but if uh, you want to be in the conversation you got to be in the room we don't have the ability to engage people across the 20 billion social networks out there so if you want to keep up with what's going on you're welcome to listen on facebook if you want to be in the conversation be in the room and i make it a point to get as many people heard as want to be heard yeah cool yeah well thanks for coming in thanks for coming in it's been awesome It sure has been. Thanks, guys.